0: dogs of course we are back in the game it's um i don't even know what date it is. what is it like 28th of july it's the 28th joe um jody came back from lake placid i've been uh hitting the pain cave while outside hard um both got a highs and lows we saw an athlete that has uh got a one year suspension of a uh he possessed forbidden substances uh, we've got a bullshit buster and an instagram post of the week jody is an episode i would say this is our best episode ever best episode ever
1: <laughs> every episode is our best episode ever ever it just gets <laughs> it just gets people coming back doesn't it you know
0: this is the best ever and we we we, we yet need to record it anyway uh how you doing mate coming back from black yeah. pleasant with the big w
1: I know, well chuffed about that. Like, I was wondering, would I ever see the top step of the podium again? Like, has my time gone? But yeah, well chuffed about that. Were you
0: really <laughs> wondering? Are you still? Do you uh, still have got the minerals? What it takes to be one of the top dogs?
1: Well, you don't know, do you? Like every season, I think you 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 wonder whether or not you can, because um, you kind of start fresh, don't you? I think once in once you've had a few good results in one year, you kind of go on a roll. But then after a whole winter's training everything changes don't it and i think that's like when you have your first race of the season every year you're always like a bit more nervous because you don't know how you're going to go compared to everyone else you know sometimes it takes a few races and you don't know how much everyone else has improved or you know all that kind of stuff
0: but you knew you were going well in training like you were hitting some of the best ever power before uh, your run sessions were decent so you knew the form was there just you were messing up in training i mean apart from uh taking a detour on the bike course 16 times a race um you knew you the, the form was there right but you were still a little bit doubting yourself yeah.
1: uh well yeah you know you're you know you're going well but you don't know how everyone else is going do you you That's can't true. control the uncontrollables Tom
0: you can't you can't <laughs> <laughs> well yeah well we're gonna uh chill about Lake Placid uh dive uh, in deep in a bit but that was uh yeah that is uh that was pretty cool mate I've been watching the race. you know what
1: they say don't you Tom what do Salem they say we'll get you in Talent will get you in the door, but character will keep you in the room.
0: Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, that is true. Um, Have you got any highs and lows then?
1: Uh, Well, the biggest high was obviously winning the race, but I've got a couple of lows as well. Um, We live with the lows. We live with the lows. We live with the lows. first low was when I tried to get the uh, alcohol from the beer mile. We went around the supermarket and uh, was talking to a guy who works there I said what do you recommend as a as a really good beer he said oh what a drinking a night a really nice drink ipa i said yeah go on then and he said i should have i should have knew this was like gonna be total bullshit when he told me the name juice bomb ipa
0: <laughs> sounds <laughs> like because he's That's also the- american sounds like there has to be sugar in it
1: yeah, that was what he said was the best one. Like you wouldn't get that in England, even Europe. If there was a beer called Juice Bomb, you'd avoid that at all costs, wouldn't you? You'd know <laughs> oh, I'm not touching that. But America, you're like I'm not sure. Anyway, we got that two, two of them, and then a nice Belgian wheat beer. And I thought I'm going to do the beer mile with the Belgian wheat, Belgian style wheat beer. I thought that'll go down well. Why would you? And, why um,
0: wouldn't you instantly think I trust this guy? I'll take the Juice Bomb for the uh, for the beer mile.
1: Well, we did. We got two two boxes of that and one box of the Belgian. Okay, food, uh, all right, fair enough. So I was, so was going to have one beforehand and just see what one felt like it was nice. Anyway, went to the uh, to the um, checkout mm-hmm. and I got ID'd. Oh. I showed her a picture of my passport that I had on my phone. She said, sorry, we can't take that. It has to be a proper copy. I said, I'll show him yours to, to my dad. So he showed them his ID. She said, yeah, but you're with him. So we can't sell you the alcohol because you're with him. I said, I'm 35. I said, like, you've only got me 21, haven't you? <laughs> I said, yeah, but we've got a 45 ID, a look 45 ID rule. So if you don't look 45, we've got our ID here. I said, oh, come on, seriously. Like, uh, you can see that, like, our names are the same. And you can see on here, like, uh, all that. Anyway, wouldn't have it. So we got it. So, so I couldn't get it. My dad couldn't get it. I'm thinking, oh, bloody hell, what am I going to do for the beer mile? Because if I drove home to get my ID and then back, it was like a 30-minute round trip. Fuck. So I didn't, yeah. So I didn't really want to wait, waste thirty minutes, um, but to go back home and back there again. So um, anyway, got went outside, asked someone. Oh mate, can you get some alcohol? Uh, <laughs> this first guy was an old boy, and he, he was like, "Have none of it." He's like, "No, no, no." He obviously thought like, "Oh, they're gonna get pissed on the street." Those two, like, I ain't getting them any drink. Uh, you know, like when you're like sixteen and you try and get someone to get you alcohol, it was like that. Anyway, I saw like this other guy. I said, oh, mate, would you get us some alcohol? I said, like, we are, I am old enough, but I said, they wouldn't take my uh, picture of my passport and then we were, uh, I really need it because we were, like, meeting up with someone. And he said, yeah, all right, I'll get that. And my dad, go, "My," I said to my dad, go on, go in with him, pick it out. Like, uh, so he knows what ones to get because we were trying to describe to him and thought It's going to be a nightmare. Like, so then my dad goes, I ain't going in there with him. Like, they'll know that it's us back again. I said, go on, get in there. Like, he went in there in the end uh, <laughs> uh, with him and he was picking it out. But when he went back in there, the uh Belgian style one had gone because the only box they had was the one box that we picked out and that was in the trolley next to the checkout the one that they wouldn't let us buy so we ended up coming back out with three boxes of juice bomb so i was committed that was all i had so i had to do had to uh have that one tasted absolutely flipping rank worst drink i've had anyway the what would it taste like would it, is it
0: sweet is it the sweet ipa
1: no not sweet bitter Really bitter. horrible, bitter. Yeah, really bitter, horrible. Absolutely repulsive, mate. Honestly, disgusting. Fuck, that disgusting. sounds like
0: this, a um, bit like Aperol Spritz or something.
1: Oh, worse, well, mate, it's horrible, horrible. Anyway, the beer, do you want me to say about the beer mile as well? Because like, mm-hmm. that goes on to another low. Then I'll get there for the beer mile. I'm having a drink first just to get a bit warmed up, you know, like you you, you want one. Normally the first one, when you're there, you're in the sun and uh, the first one goes down really easy and you get into swing things. I'm trying to drink this one before we start the beer mall and I'm struggling to even sip the bloody thing to get it down me. It was so disgusting. It was so disgusting. I'm thinking, oh my God, like I'm going to be fucked for this beer mall because I can't even drink the damn thing. Normally, how am I going to neck four of these? Anyway, I'm thinking when the gun goes, sometimes you get that boost that would be like basically in a triathlon you're warming up and you're not feeling great you know you get in the water you do a few mm-hmm. warm-up strokes and you're like man my stroke feels like I, I suck today but sometimes when the gun goes off you can turn it around and you always do feel better when the gun goes off than what you do when you're uh, training don't you so i thought there's still hope free runner-up places i'm on a bit of a roll today could be the day I, I, I go first. And that would have been, uh, that would have topped it off nicely. First in the race, first in the beer mile. Boom. See you later, America. Yeah. Um, infor- <laughs> Unfortunately, well, actually one of the girls that joined the beer mile, the she got some drinks from over the road at the uh, place. And uh, she gave me one of hers to have. Like she said, I said, what are they like? She gave me one to try, tried it. Hers tasted bloody awesome. Um, so I, so I said, oh, can I get one of them for the thing? So she gave me one of them. So I had three of mine, one of them.
0: Did you also uh, say, I can give you one of mine. I really like the juice bomb, the really, yeah, I swapped, the really yeah, specific.
1: She swapped with one the juice bombs. She swapped it with one of the juice <laughs> bombs. Really saying, I, I really um, love these. <laughs> but that, um, that juice bomb was six and a half percent as well. So it was fairly strong. Um, anyway, we started, I had her one first. Boom! Done it. First place, leading the beer mark at the start. And guess who overtakes me on the run bit? Gutsy Noel Milky. Noel fucking Milky. But he he like, overtook Ooh.
0: you over at the run bit. You say? He
1: t- overtook me on the run bit. First run, he overtook me. Got a bit of a gap, and I'm thinking, oh, Noel's on, Noel's on it today. Anyway, came in off the second for the second beer, and back on the juice bomb. I nailed that one. I started in first place, like I leapfrog him. But I'm feeling it, you know, like. Uh, if you have too many uh, gels or something on a race, you know your tummy feels a bit like not great, does it? Man, I that know, I know what it feels
0: like. This is uh, this. This reminds me back in Kona, two thousand and nineteen, when I was flying along on Kiliwa, the Queen K. I I downed so much coke, and I was like a bit like you know in that air position. And I was burping up all this this foam is coming up, you know, from your oh. tummy. Like, yeah, exactly that's like is, that. That's probably what the juice bomb did to your belly.
1: Yeah, it did. But I'm leaning on the second one. I'm thinking, yes, I'm still in. I'm still in here. All I need to do is just nail this third one. The fourth one will be okay. I tried getting the third one down, and I must have like I, I. Well, I did really. I threw up. I threw up on the third one. Like, first, there's only ever been one person throw up on a beer mall and That was the first one we did in Kona. And then it made me like sick. It wasn't proper sick, but it was like coming up. And I couldn't, I couldn't. But stop sometimes
0: it. the body, the body says, says no.
1: But it wasn't like it was like proper sick. It was like I was drinking it and it just came straight away. Yeah, but that's uh, the same,
0: for example, if you, um, if you as a kid or a, a, as a teenager had too much tequila, t- like way too much, that at some point, like a year after that, you can't really drink tequila anymore. You need to like gag as soon as you smell it. That's Maybe.
1: basically what it was like. Yeah, that's like probably that. That,
0: that, that, that juice bomb scarred you.
1: The juice bomb fucked me, man. And then like everyone went past me. I came out after that third one, probably in about third or fourth place. Then it, things got even worse, mate, and maybe even further back than fourth place. To be honest, I was absolutely terrible. Um, and then I think Noel, if, it took me so long to get that third beer down because I was really struggling. I think Noel actually finished his fourth one. But he basically lapped me, mate. He basically finished while I was still drinking. But my I, do wanna, I do want
0: to, I do want to clarify the rules of the beer mile real quick. So um, Noel crowned himself, self crowned himself as the beer mile champion but I don't think you can be the beer champion if you didn't complete the Ironman because he didn't do the run in the Ironman that means that you're like not fucked at all you're basically he didn't tape- start the run he didn't even start he the didn't run. even start so basically you're tapered for the Biermal. um it doesn't make any sense because the fun thing about the <laughs> Biermal is is that you're so in completely in pieces um, that that's harder to run, you know. I could I could just fly out to Lake Placid, just do the swim of the Ironman, and then be fresh for the race for the beer mile. That that's not how it works. You need to be equally as fucked as anyone, meaning the finisher medal, and then so everyone's able to compete. Everybody can be in there. You just won't be in the
1: rankings. So you're saying he won on a technicality because he was fresh for it. He didn't win. He didn't. You're saying he got dq'd he, uh, I wouldn't
0: even see DQ'd. He was just, he was participating, but he wasn't he was allowed a, in a, a timing chip. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what well, I would you, say. You, so if you were handing out the timing chip, you'd have said, whoa, son, like you didn't even do the Man. Like you can do it, but you ain't getting a timing chip. Exactly. So you can compete.
0: It's like, um, you've got a 5K kids run and you rock up and they say, all right, Joe, um, you are an example for many. So we think it's all right if you, um, if you were if you're a run with the kids, we think it's all right, and then you start running a 40 minute, 30 seconds, and then you come over the finish line. I absolutely molested all of these kids. I'm the big 5K kid run champion. No, it doesn't work like that because it's a kids race. You know, it's only for kids. You you're not That's eligible right. because of your age. And Noel Milky wasn't eligible because he didn't have this Ironman finisher T-shirt and medal. He didn't finish the race. Sure.
1: So the entry into there is you have to show a flash of your Finisher's T-shirt or your Finisher's medal. And uh, he would have not been able to show that. So he wouldn't no. have gained uh, the entry so, so Otherwise, at paying... some
0: point, the travel mockery Beer Mall gets so famous that local, for example, local uh, 800-litre runners turn up. They didn't even, they're didn't they not even triathletes. They didn't even compete in the Ironman. They're all fresh and tapered for it. Boom, they rock up, smash all of us. And then they're like, yeah, I'm the big Beer Mall champion. And They act all like big dogs, you know?
1: We, we can't have that. So... You're saying I didn't get beaten then by Noel Mulkey. You didn't get beaten, no. Oh, that's That's... killer. I I was worried about that. Like, he was saying Uh that was the one person I didn't want to beat me, so I lived to fight another day. Sorry, Noel, mate, you'll have to come back in Nice. Like, he's entered in the race there, but will he save his legs again in Nice? Who knows? Like, you know, they say, don't you, once a quitter, always a quitter, don't they?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Mate, I've got a <laughs> massive, massive low for you. So, when I'm thinking about Canada, I'm thinking, I'm thinking snow, I'm thinking reindeers, I'm thinking mountains. I'm thinking about Sweden and Norway as well. You know these, these calmer weather conditions. I'm thinking cork, but then no rain, the sunshine, but the same temperature. And then last week, someone was in my DM, and um, and he said whoa, mate, you're really uh, coming in a bad time and there's been a heat wave. And then it dawned on me. And then it dawned on me. And I was thinking, that's why there was a, a fire at Montremblant, you know, because it's so boiling hot in Canada. I didn't look at the weather at all. I didn't look at the weather at all. And right now it's 34 degrees around around man Canada, Pentington. And I'm basically um, I'm basically going to, to... Basically, that would be for you doing an Ironman in the Pyrenees versus, uh, people like, um, I don't know, 64 kilo Colombians <laughs> that are able to try very well. It was a very small triathlete, Brettly wise, just, that kind of guy.
1: Yeah. While you've actually been talking about this weather, I've actually put it in the coldest day in the next 10 days is 29 Celsius. Yeah. That's the coldest like uh, day and the warmest 34 degrees. humidity at the moment as well yeah would you say
0: those are conditions that would um I wouldn't say they will bring out the best of me I will just um (laughs) try and bring out the best out of myself but that is a bummer mate that is a
1: bummer but it has been cold sometimes I remember hearing about the race and it was like freezing cold and loads of people pulled out because they were hypothermic
0: did you think of forehand Iron Canada is uh, is like hotter than uh, is like a close Kona? Uh
1: no, I would have thought probably like 22, 23 degrees something like that.
0: Flipping Maybe green. like
1: 25. Yeah. Like I would have thought similar to similar to what weather we we have I've got here, like similar to that.
0: But anyway, I'm registered, I'm going out there and I'm going to I'm going to put my 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 buddy in the elements uh and then uh, I'm going to make the most of it.
1: It's a beautiful You'll race. you to do today. the beer mile out there, mate. See if you can get Triathlon Mockery, the first winner's uh, t-shirt. Mm,
0: yeah. I don't know. I haven't been doing an Ironman this year yet, so I probably will be completely screwed the next day.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you do feel screwed the next day. But as soon as they say go, it's a second wind. I will warn you that because when I did Roth, me and Pete Dyson couldn't even do a little jog around the course. We were so, our, our legs hurt so much. And I said to him, I don't even think I can run. But as soon as they say go, you get a new lease of life. When everyone's there, you have the tunes pumping and stuff Uh you just need to have the warm up for the beer mile. You just need to sip on a like uh, a beer while you're standing there talking to everyone. That helps. Right. That's a good warm up.
0: All righty. <laughs> um and I've got one high. I have done my biggest run session last week since last year in August maybe.
1: Your biggest run session. Yeah. That was the one what you sent me, were not it? When yeah. you said back in the game.
0: Back in the game. Like I've been building it up since since April where I started running 10 Ks a week, five minute K pace or slower. And then, uh, now I'm running about 50, 60 Ks. And then last week at did four by three K sub threshold of a two minute quick float, and I ended up running 18 kilometers or 17 and a half at three minute, 50 average K pace. That is decent, isn't it?
1: Yeah. That's decent. That yeah. So that's you're what... well chuffed.
0: I'm well chuffed. I just know, um, it's all about the, the one big session.
1: <laughs> it's about the one big <laughs> now no, i was just the thinking one like, big session in the lead up to canada <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, i was just thinking like all right i can i can still do it i i've got this the, the the relatively speed now i just need to do this for six seven months and then next year um in, in fab i will probably want to do ironman uh, new zealand or something and then uh because this year has been a write-off but i i, I want to continue training like this no more messing around
1: you need like the Canadian Rasmus Venningsen to get out the water with you and then tow you up on the bike.
0: Yeah. I don't even think I'll be, f- I hope I can ride, um, at a, at a, at a shim of myself. How do you call it? Like, I don't
1: I've got one uh, more low. This is, what would you have done in this situation? So me and my dad for our flight back was at 8 PM. Like we were so sure it was 8 PM. That was what we were saying the whole time, 8 PM. And, uh, on the uh, this is on the tuesday and then on the tuesday at about three something o'clock i think it was about half three i was on the phone to laura and she's like what time do you land i said i think it's like 20 past six in the morning something like that she said oh and your flight's um not until your flight's at eight o'clock i said yeah she said cool that's quick i said yeah it's only like five hours it's five and a half hours isn't it um and she went are you sure And what happened yes the tower wind like you get back a lot quicker than what you do on the way uh than what you do on the way out. They reckon it only take about five and a half hours. Um, I said, I'll I'll check and I'll tell you the exact time. I think I said it was about six in the morning. So I'll I'll tell you the exact time. Looked at it and I said, fuck. I said, dad, the flight's at six. Like, not eight. I said, we've we've only got two and a half hours till the flight leaves. We're in the center of flipping Manhattan. (laughs) Massive rain waiting for our car to come because we did this like valet thing. They take your car, park it in some garage, come back and drop it off with you. Um, we'd already been waiting like 40 minutes for the car and they said it was meant to take 40 minutes. I kept chasing them up. Where's the car? Where's the car? They end up flipping, losing it in the in the garage. Couldn't find it. So we ended up leaving to go to the airport like with, I think, an hour and 50 minutes before the flight, which wouldn't have been too bad if it was 20 minutes away the bloody airport took an hour and 20 minutes to get there so we got to the airport 30 minutes before the flight Um I was like oh my god like we're gonna what we're we gonna do we're gonna have to buy a bloody another ticket Um that was very stressful can you like trying to get to the airport as quick as you can thinking god what we're we gonna but what do what happened
0: did you did you manage to get it in the end
1: didn't manage to get it no we knew like it Whoa. was all in vain yeah you had to get but a new ticket didn't even have to get a new ticket right we were Virgin Got to give them a massive shout out. I said to a mate like we'd already checked in anyway, but not that it, it didn't even matter anyway. I don't think. And the guy said, "Don't worry, don't stress yourself out." He goes, "We've got loads of flights today. We've got one at seven thirty and we've got one at eight thirty. We'll just put you on one of them." And they just literally tra- changed our details, put us on one of them. Said, "What one do you want to go on?" Didn't charge us anything. Oh wow! Like how good's that? Like he said, "Don't worry." He says, "Don't don't stress yourselves out. We've got loads. We'll just put you on one of the others." wow like, that is how lucky is that crazy I'm, crazy I, I because do it. you
0: know what i had a while ago well um when i went to the tour de france i had a flick a ticket and i don't know if anyone ever knows this but now you know um because i didn't know i booked a ticket from amsterdam to paris paris to paul and Po Pau is like a uh, an airport in the pyrenees um but then my flight in Amsterdam got massively delayed. So I knew I wouldn't get the connections in uh, the connection in Paris. So I was like, shoot, I really need to get there. So Skoda booked a new ticket for me, like a single trip ticket from Amsterdam to Toulouse, right? And then someone would pick me up in Toulouse. And then on the way back, I would just fly from Po to Paris, Paris to Amsterdam, which was my original flight. But because I wasn't on the flight from Amsterdam to Paris, I wasn't they there. They
1: cancelled it, didn't they? They
0: cancelled the return flight. Why the fuck would you do that? I mean, I paid for the ticket. It doesn't matter if I I'm know. there or not. You can't just cancel it because I've paid for it. It's my money, you know? And if I'm there or not, it's my choice.
1: I know. They did exactly... I have had. I knew they did this because I didn't know they did it when they did it to me. And <laughs> I remember, like, they cancelled a ticket. Like, I was going to Challenge Roth, missed a flight, booked another one on the way out from an- from another airport, and then still went to get my one on the return. And they said, Oh, cause you didn't get the one on the way out. We canceled it. And
0: Absolutely like, oh, crazy. Well, how the fuck
1: would I know that? Yeah, I know yeah. it's ridiculous, isn't it?
0: So basically always get the flight and if you won't, and it's crazy because they, yeah, uh, it's just completely nuts. Anyway, shall we go over to, um, the recent case about Thomas Steger? Or do you first want to yeah. talk about your, uh, your, uh,
1: um, oh, I don't mind, mate. You pick, you can pick. Alright, we'll reckon? go first
0: go. Austrian pro triathlete Thomas Steger. He's um um recently yesterday banned for one year for the possession of a prohibited substance. Um so basically, um I raced him last year in September. Um in uh just to make it more
1: uh, more personal, you know. How did it go? Um for me or for him? For, for, uh, against you two. How did you how did you race against him? Um,
0: in a uh, challenge for so I think he was there in the same race, but I don't think he finished that day.
1: Um, saving himself for the beer mall. He
0: was saving himself for the beer mall. Little did he know that he couldn't be in the results because he didn't finish the fucking race. Um, <laughs> <laughs> basically, he he possessed uh, uh, um, these asthma sprays. But the weird thing about this case is, I think it was so he, he posted up a statement on his uh, on his uh, instagram it's in german and i will translate it for you so basically he said i'm an uh, i'm a fair athlete in 2021 uh, his uh, life turned into uh, a nightmare someone an anonymous person had ratted him out and said he was uh, part of a doping network which then the criminal police came at his house searched his house Took evidence, his his uh, laptop, his cell phone, and took him for uh, interrogation. And then uh, after uh, um, after that, they uh, took uh, DNA and they took uh, um, all the data on on the electronics, so the laptop and the, and the phone and all that. And then in March twenty twenty two, the uh, prosecutor. Um, choose to not prosecute him uh, because of the lack of evidence. But then nada, which is the Austrian doping authorities did, uh, uh, um, gave him a one year ban from races because they also found 2014 old asthma sprays. And then he said, these sprays are from my dad's praxis. You know, he's a, uh, he's a doctor. I live with my parents. Uh, I've never used any, uh, I've never used any drugs. I'm innocent and, uh, blah, blah. blah. So this but is the Tom, statement.
1: Didn't he get a four year ban, but then, cause he didn't turn up to something and then he appealed it and got it reduced to one year. I saw something like that. Um, yeah, at first, exactly. At
0: first it was a four year ban. Um, but then, uh, um, after all the evidence. Um, they uh, they uh, they didn't uh, um, prosecute him after the evidence I, of the DNA after DNA evidence. Of, all
1: right. Uh, uh, so. I have these pictures, uh, this like image in my head where someone's just like laying down or something with like fucking fifty like syringes in them, saying I'm a fair <laughs> athlete. Honestly, everyone's doing the same thing. You know, like that's the image I have when they when they all say they're a fair athlete because it's like. Pretty much, ninety percent of people that get caught always claim to be like, "Oh, like I'm innocent. I would never do it to my competitors." And you, you never know. Like, are there a lot of wrongful convictions, or is it just people pulling the fast one trying to well, get it back out? You know,
0: there is a lot of people on the internet were like, uh, "You can't call him a dope." Well, I'm, I'm, i I do agree. You can't call him a doper because he hasn't been found positive on substances. But and they also had read a statement, he's fair, he's... Um, but you can ask yourself a couple of questions. What I find very, very odd in this case. The first one is someone renting you out for being part of a doping network. Well, that is a very serious accusation, right? I can't, if I would call the UK police right now and say, all right, Joe is part of a doping network, mate, they ain't gonna knock your door and search your house. Yeah. there has to be some, a, 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 a reasonable suspicion of guilt of you being part of a doping network you know they they, they won't just rock up and, and search every house for every fart that someone mean you know the police is busy enough so that is pretty strange and also the at some point the things they found and all the uh, uh um and all the, uh, the, uh, the the acquisitions or or things they 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 read and had Made them well enough to give him, in the first instance, a four-year ban, which is mega serious, you know. Colin Charche only had a two-year ban, so you can yeah. ask yourself why would they give? Uh, why would they come up with a four-year ban um, as a as a, uh, a, a statement in court? Um, in the end, they found like, all right, the evidence isn't hard enough to make this a case, so we're not going to prosecute him. But then it is a statement from Nada to say we're going to give him a one-year ban because they also found 2014 old uh, uh, asthma sprays. But I don't think NADA would do it for fun, right? Because you're harming the spot in any way. You don't want to give an athlete just for the sake of it an, a one-year ban. If I, if they would rock up on, on, on someone's house and, and find, for, for example, uh, cocaine, uh, I would say a gram of cocaine, they wouldn't in- immediately give you a one-year ban. I don't believe that. Um, also, if you um, look at the house warrant, so a search warrant, they they can't just harass your your privacy. They need ha- need to have a a search warrant because probable cause, don't they? Exactly, because you have uh, the uh, the uh, the the fruit of the poisonous tree. That, that's a metaphor in in law, um, where the poisonous tree is uh, evidence which is seized in a legal uh, search or interrogation by law form. Then the fruit of this poisonous tree is evidence later discovered because of knowledge gained from the first illegal search then it's both excluded from trial so then also nada can't really use it you know so they knew beforehand what they were gonna do
1: and uh, and to get the search warrant as well normally you have to get it signed off by a judge so you have to have something that's pretty solid don't you to actually gain this search warrant they can't just say Oh, we think he's dodgy. They have to have some kind of evidence from people. You know? Hundred uh, percent. So to, to give you may- an
0: example, if if you, for example, riding your car and you you have a a minor, uh, um, how do you call it, like a, a, traffic, viol- uh, a traffic violation, and, and the police is going to stop you over, search your car, and fi- find, for example, five grams of uh, marijuana, they can't use that in court, you know, because that wasn't the reason why he stopped you over.
1: Yeah. Um. Oh, I I think this to me sounds like if I'm putting it in my head and uh, jump into conclusions, you could say, but alleged like how I would say I I could uh, see this going is, or how this probably came about, and this is just my opinion on it, is he says on something that he had the he had the asthma medication because his dad's a doctor or runs a clinic or something, mm-hmm. and I wonder if um, people had been caught doping potentially in other sports or something. And they named him as someone who supplies them with the um, drugs or the medicine or whatever you could want to call it. Um, and maybe multiple people had named him when they'd been caught for drugs. And he, because it says that it was, they, they searched him as part of some kind of uh, network, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that they thought that he was the person that was distributing it to everyone. Then they kind of did a investigation uh, into him, got a search warrant because people had named him as the person that was supplying them took his laptops and phones to see if there was messages. Maybe there probably wasn't messages, which is why they didn't have enough evidence because maybe a lot of it was face to face talking. Um, but it probably didn't look very good. Uh, and he managed to get, get out of it on that. But then the uh, anti-doping people thought actually this guy has been named by a lot of people. We think he's pretty dirty. He hasn't failed a test, but we can get him for this, which isn't a serious thing, but at least it gives him gets something for him because uh, we want to, you know, punish them. It's like when someone gets out of a serious case, case isn't it, in crime. Mm-hmm. If they can, they'll do you for a smaller one, you know, just to keep you there or to, to get you on something because they don't want to let it go. You know, they'll try and prosecute you for something. I think that was the case. Like, yeah, but they will,
0: they will only knew if they if they, they will only do that. So for example, um, if they know this guy is in some form guilty, but we can't, uh, really prosecute him this is the only thing we can do and at least it's something you know yeah um and also Andrew Messick gave an interview to I think it was try 247 or something uh,
1: uh triathlete triathlete, triathlete a week
0: ago and he said that it really grinded his gears that some of the that there were some high profile athletes and um, that had, um and there was some serious evidence against him using Uh, forbidden substances but they couldn't really do anything about it what was it again what you've read it as well Uh,
1: he said yeah he said that they went to cas with some high profile athletes that in his words they thought they had cold but they managed to uh overturn it basically and uh get the not get a conviction and he thought it was a solid 100 percent like slam Mm -hmm. dunk for them and he said that you'll never these names of these athletes will never see the light of day so basically no. because, athletes, because obviously...
0: the right of someone's uh, uh you know good good name is really worth a lot and as soon as you would put a stamp on someone like he's a doper um then it will never uh um so that's why it's even really... if they
1: get it overturned people always think oh did they do it were they lucky yeah. you know uh, 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 brings, so that's it, why yeah. uh,
0: in in the favor of the athlete it's really hard for a and a uh an, an institution to um to come with a heart case but um there was one more thing that i uh, oh yeah about so about them asthma sprays that belong to his dad practice from 2014 which i think is very messy from a doctor if you still have 2014 medica- what would medication medication
1: do? because my, my missus house. works as a gp yeah like uh you know and she was locum as that we've never had medication from like it's left well I think I think I think he just
0: has um going off his story he he has a praxis onto his house so basically his house and and next to it or or like in in the house as part of the building um it's just that that's practice but then (laughs) I don't think um the police or or whatever would then search the practice the medications that they found there than uh saying it would belong to Thomas Steger, you know that's pretty weird because you know that, dad that is, is a doctor
1: so but also don't you normally get a prescription so if you have the practice there you still don't have the medication there you normally give them a prescription they go to a pharmacy and get it like yeah or sometimes have they
0: have got some yeah. some medication but i don't think uh i'm not i'm not sure uh, what the rules are but that's not normally like, like
1: an actual proper doctor's surgery isn't it not like yeah not no, you know, yeah. where they have a pharmacy in it not like necessarily at someone's house i mean mm-hmm. but like you say if they're out of date for eight or nine years, eight years out of date, why were they not thrown away? You know, like... So Thomas
0: can ask himself a couple of questions. One would be, how does my name end up being part as a, of a drug network? You know, that's a pretty, pretty serious accusation. Yeah, I that would is, want
1: to know how my name ended up in a drug network if I yeah, was innocent. Never that, is, it, like, that is no. one
0: thing. And then the second thing is, how can that accusation be so serious that a uh, that the criminal police is going after it with a search warrant? You know, it's not just uh, going over for uh, to the house for a chat or whatever. It's a search warrant. To be able to search the whole house and interrogate the uh the per- the, the person in question so is it is a pretty serious uh, uh thing uh, um, especially because the police normally don't really do a lot about sports doping cases you know
1: yeah no i know exactly I, I think that like you'd want to be asking yourself some serious questions and uh how did my name get in this why are they getting a search warrant what have they got on me you know if you're a totally innocent person that's pretty crazy that they could actually get this info on you. You know, that does sounds like there's definitely a lot more to come out of this story mm-hmm. and we'll, uh, definitely keep you updated on what we hear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's, um, um, yeah, but you can't really say that he's an EPO dope or whatever, like, uh, you can't say, maybe he was just selling stuff or, uh, you don't know, no.
1: Yeah, but you it is what they say street dealers. There's a street dealers never try their own gear, mate, you know, yeah. like, that's what they say you know when you watch the, the the programs on netflix and stuff you know he never tried his own gear but honestly it's, a, it's an is an art story isn't it he didn't need to take it he was already climbing quicker than like pavel sivikov for the strava comms yeah and you know, wasn't uh, he like mr
0: 94
1: on, on vo2 max the, and v, vo2 max of 92 so like he didn't need to take it guys he was already going well enough and there's a com, what i saw that that how they train posted from strava that he posted up and um basically he's top of the common list by like 36 seconds and all the guys underneath him are like some top world tour cyclists aren't they that have won it. So when you're and riding it, Nashville, if you, you, if you can, you,
0: that, if you can do that clean, then, um, yeah.
1: Who needs to take it?
0: Who needs to take it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, was, I was, I was that strong
1: being clean. Um, <laughs> Train yeah. with him, mate. I'm sure he <laughs> can give you all all kinds of tips. <laughs> Didn't
0: he also run uh, then a 66-minute half marathon off the bike sometime?
1: Yeah. I mean, God, could you imagine what he could have done on a hilly course like uh, Alpe d'Huez Triathlon or something? Yeah. If he even used Imagine something. what he would do if he was on EPO. Bloody hell. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think, <laughs> I think if he would do a full distance on substances, he would maybe run as fast as... Uh, yeah it would be a sub six he would ride as fast as you in sub seven he would run as fast as elliot Kipchoge, and probably swim i
1: don't know as quick as tom tom usaday yeah sub 54. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's go over
0: to uh to the main uh the main bit then uh your iron man lake placid
1: yeah um So do you want me to tell you a little bit of an update? I was a bit slow then because I was just thinking in my head, imagine if you did like, you know, like going back to him, like you said, if you could ride as quick as we did in sub seven and uh, run as quick as like Kipchoge and all that. You literally wouldn't even need to go to the pool, would you? You could literally just cruise around in an hour and 10 minutes, like get out of the water. Well, you can even cruise around
0: in 90 minutes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. so yeah, going to Lake Placid. Do you want to tell? Do you want me to tell you a bit about like how the race unfolded, like that kind of thing?
0: Um, a little bit, and a little bit the um, the bad
1: patches. The bad patches. Um. So the swim actually felt all right. So that was a two lap swim, non wetsuit, um, and a lot of people were shivering at the start, like right? because they said you could get in for a warm up. At six o'clock, and the race started at six twenty-five. So you had like up to 20, 20 minutes basically to warm up because you got you out five minutes before. Um, and I saw, and but we didn't know it was going to be a non-wetsuit or a wetsuit swim until like literally just before the start. So Cody Beals said to me, "He was going to do the swim warm up in his wetsuit." I thought, "Yeah, that's a good idea." I didn't know you were, you you were allowed to do that if it was a non-wetsuit swim. I thought they'd be all funny about that, but that was a great idea because the the air temperature was like twelve degrees. So if mm-hmm. you went in the water and warmed up, if you got out, you're going to be freezing cold. So I did the warm up in the wetsuit and when I took it, when I was waiting or like took it off and then got back in to get it ready for the start. So many of the guys were shivering before the start. I think that was a massive, uh, boost. You would have been fine Tom. Like that would have been like, Yeah. Cause nice, that's another low was... for
0: RMN Canada. It's going to be a non-wetsuit swim. I flipping hate non-wetsuit swims. Hopefully it's going to be <laughs> yeah, soft one hour, but no 54. I need neoprene for 54. You know, I need neoprene <laughs> Yeah, or a downstream <laughs> swim. It's neither of that.
1: Yeah oregon 70.3 mate would have been your would have been perfect for you wouldn't it like yeah. the the fastest swim was like 16 minutes you would have done like sub 60 uh minute I thought, hundreds.
0: I thought up forehead they shortened that swim but
1: <laughs> now, someone told me a packet of doritos i had did the swim before the race in 23 minutes
0: a packet so of doritos some, they just literally yeah, like screwed threw an the packet, doritos so, in there
1: so someone put a bag of doritos in there like an empty packet or saw one and it made it in 23 minutes wow swim so 115 per 100 Split so you could nuts. literally you could have just laid on your back if you're in that race like you <laughs> were going down like a water park you know one of them lazy rivers mm-hmm. you could have laid on your back in a wetsuit like that and it would have just took you down in like 23 minutes
0: you'd start to bike fresh as a daisy <laughs> um all righty but um so everyone was shivering and you were like let's get it this is I was my train
1: Exactly. And then, um, yeah, had actually a pretty good, uh, felt pretty good in the water. Um, Got in a group with Matt Hansen, which is where I wanted to be. Um, I was actually in about sixth place, fifth or sixth place in our group. And then on the way back in, just before we got out, so probably you're talking 1200 meters into the swim. I decided to like overtake some of the people because in the past I've always moaned that like I've been on someone's feet and they've let the gap go. So I Mm -hmm. thought, right, now I've got a good chance. Well, let's settle down a bit. I'm just going to like work my way up towards the front. So I got into third place and I was on Matt Hansen's feet and I thought, oh, this is perfect. Like if I stay on his feet, I'm in a um, really good position because I didn't want to lose time to Matt on the swim because then it would like the first part of the bike, instead of putting time into him, I'd have to work on catching him up. Uh, I was hoping to be with Cody Beals and Ben Hoffman as well, but they had a really good swim. They ended up getting out of the water. I think about a minute 50, minute 45 behind Josh. I saw Danberger. your
0: swim time was something like 53, 40 or something of 50.
1: Yeah. Something like that. Close and to like, a I think 54 Josh,
0: minute Ironman swimmer.
1: Close to a 54 minute Ironman swimmer. But that, what, that's what did you something. say about Josh? Josh was four minutes ahead. Like I think I got the water bang on four minutes behind him. Okay. So would, you say, would you say, would you say
0: that's around where you should be? Or would you say you had a bad swim? Uh,
1: no, I'd say that's, that was all right it felt pretty good like I felt pretty good to be fair in the water like I could have gone faster if they went faster like I had more in the tank but Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been able to lead the group myself and really go faster but I would say my heart rate was probably about was like a comfortable effort you know if you were doing a long effort in the pool and you kind of like going comfortable but you've got more gears left yeah it felt like that so I had I could have gone faster if they had off but I wouldn't have been able to lead it really um Mm -hmm. But then Cody Beals and Ben Hoffman were only two minutes ahead. All right. So, you know, that was pretty solid. I think I got out in about probably right off the top of my head, maybe eighth place, something like that, seventh or mm-hmm. eighth place. So not bad. Um, And that's against to Josh Amberger, four minutes down. He's like one of the quickest swimmers, isn't he? You know, yeah. in uh, long yeah. distance. Then massive run to transition, 600-meter run. um. And Matt Hansen flipping flew through that. Like, I think he put like nearly a minute into me in in the whole of transition. Yeah. He had the quickest T1. He put over a minute into Josh Amberger. Um, so he, he nailed it. Like I got out and I was with the other guys in transition. So I didn't have a bad transition. I got out completely amongst them. So like with Andrew Streitz, um, and Adam Faye, like there was a load of us and we were all roughly together on Mm -hmm. the, um, free transition. Um, so Matt just yeah nailed it. And then it took I, I started the bike off pretty hard because I felt pretty pretty decent to be honest. Um, and at the start of the bike you've got a few downhills and then you have like a couple of climbs and it predominantly climbs before this huge downhill. Uh but just before you get to that, I caught Matt just before we got to this Luge circuit, which is absolutely perfect for us because it's basically like imagine like a go kart circuit. It's like that and you have to do a lap around it before you do an out to it. Then you do a lap of the loose circuit, then you do the back, then you climb for about four minutes, and then you have this fast descent where you're going like 90 mm-hmm. k's an hour. um So I thought when I, I was thinking, where should I try and drop Matt? Because I didn't want to start the run with him. I was going to do it on the hill coming out. But then when I saw us going onto this luge, the loose circuit, I thought, actually, this could be a good opportunity to put a few digs in, like out of the corners, you know, and try and take a few corners quick. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, you know what it's like in America—they ride on these long, flat, straight roads all the time, don't they? Yeah. Um. So I thought I'll give it a go. So I did that. I managed to get a gap on him, and then yeah, that was that was it basically. Once I'd got the gap, I didn't really see him again, and I just focused on trying to catch a lead group. Caught them at around sixty k, something like that, and then sat in for about five, six kilometres just to see how they were working, like who looked good, and then at about. Did you, 60, did you
0: saw someone in a group think, and, and you were thinking that guy looks like he's in a complete hole?
1: Not really, because when I caught it, it wasn't going that quick. And I was a bit like thinking to myself, shit, like, are we going to be losing time to like the guys like Matt Hansen, you know, and people like that and letting them potentially catch us because I didn't really, you know, or take time back out of us, which I didn't really want. But then after about five kilometers, Josh Amberger put a dig in. He got a bit of a gap on them. And I thought, all right, now's a good time to go. So, because I thought they were struggling to keep up with him, but I don't think they were. Like, I think they had more in the tank, but they were Mm -hmm. just kind of saving it. So I put a dig in, got across to Josh, and we basically both said to each other, let's go really hard and try and uh, see if we can break away from him. And uh, it took quite a while. Like, I didn't get away. I kind of got some gaps, and then they would kind of like almost close me back. Like, they never kind of got back right to me, but they were like, four seconds something like that so they wouldn't mm-hmm. have really been getting any benefit from being behind me but they were kind of kept me in in reach if you know what i mean but then once we got away once we got round uh the town it was quite technical around the town before you go out on lap two like a lot of 90 degree rights downhill 90 degree right bit up a hill you know like far, hard 90 degree corners either going up a hill or down a bit of a st- steep hill you know um so i took them pretty quick sprinted out the corners like you would in like a crit came out of the town we came out of the town it was just me and josh and uh they weren't in sight and then uh we just carried on working together then we said we'll like carry on put working try and get as big a gap as we could and i was quite happy to ride with josh because i thought you've know, got a good chance about running him when we get on the run yeah um whereas like i wouldn't have really wanted to work with ben hoffman or matt hansen because i wouldn't have been you know totally confident that like i could outrun them yeah um, yeah, yeah and i and he was up for working so I was like, we can put a big gap in and but you never really know, do you and I man, because nope. you could cramp or you could like feel like shit on the run. So but I was like, um we I said to him, let's just carry on working and we can basically get this race one between us, you know, and worst case scenario, hopefully, you got second place. You know that's what I was thinking. Um so we did that. Um and we saw in the first turn that we had like two and a half minutes on Ben Hoffman. I didn't realise that actually Ben lost a bit of air in his tyres like, and had to like stop, fill it up uh, at around 90k. So we thought we'd put a lot of time into him, but it was probably because he stopped. He lost about 90 seconds, two minutes. Um, So that was probably like we thought we were going faster against him. And then I got the gap up to about three minutes, but then because then towards the end, Josh fell off the pace of it. And then I ended up like pulling away, but I didn't go that hard because I thought the gap was going to be going up from three minutes because of how, it looked to Ben when we saw him at the last out and back. Mm-hmm. That ben actually rode really strong, and he was doing that all by himself. So he actually had a really good ride. And I forgot how quick a runner he was. So then when I got anyway, I got in transition uh, about a minute and a bit lead on Josh, three minutes on Matt, and then there was Michael Weiss. I can't remember what hit the gap was to him, but I think Matt Hansen was about ten minutes behind, something like that. Michael Weiss I is also really... Austrian. Yeah. I had a really quick um, (laughs) transition, got out and felt pretty good for the first bit. And I thought when I got to the turn at five and a half miles, I was going to have about four minutes on Ben. Hmm. And I thought, we'll see where Josh is. And uh, I saw Ben and I was like one minute 50. And I'm thinking, oh, fuck, like he's took quite a bit of time out of me. Um, And then got to the turn at like, because I didn't, I wasn't getting any splits. The only time I could see time gaps was at the turns. So the next turn was at 12 miles and I saw I had one minute 40 on him and I'm like, Oh shit. Like this is going to come down to the wire. Like he's catching me. So I thought, right, I'm going to put a dig in from now. So basically like 12 and a half miles uh, until as close as I can get to the turn, which is at about 17, you know, 18, Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. like that. If I can run four or five miles, pretty strong. Um, and And I can take the gap up if possible to like two and a half minutes then it's going to be hard for you to get caught, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. then with like four miles to go, you could lose 30 seconds a mile. And then if you've still got 30 seconds with like two miles to go, you're probably going to get a bit of a boost, aren't you? So I put an effort in. It started pissing it down, which really helped because the temperature kept dropped loads. You would have loved that. Like dropped from like 20 something to like probably about what felt like 18 degrees, 19 degrees and raining. So like perfect. that sounds really nice. Yeah, I know. It gave me a second wind. Got to the turn at like, 18 miles, saw that I had two minutes 20. I think I counted 220, 230. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one thing is, people that give you splits, you can never take them seriously because at the time, a guy on the bike goes, You're one minute 30 ahead. And I thought, Oh, fuck, like even though I've picked it up, I've, but then I thought, I've only lost 10 more seconds and I've picked it up. That's not too bad. But I'm thinking, I was hoping a bit better than one minute 30, but I timed it myself and I t- clocked it at 220. Mm-hmm. So that just shows you how inaccurate these are. So yeah. I thought, Right. 220, eight miles to go. You know, you can't do the maths in your head, right? I can lose 15 seconds a mile. So I'm thinking, right, every time I'm running slower than say 620 mile in, I thought in my head, I was like, he's going to catch me. So I need to make sure the miles are under 620. Um, and that means that I'm probably losing less than 15 seconds a mile. So as long as I do that, I've got it. But then some of the miles were so shit because it's like quite a hilly course. Like you have this brutal hill that you have to go up. And- um, Anyway, he was obviously slowing anyway. Managed to get to, I didn't know what the gap was until I got to four miles to go. No, three miles, three and a half miles to go. And someone said, You got two minutes 40. And at that point, I knew that I'd got it because I was like, I can lose a minute a mile now. And as long as I'm running under seven minute mile, and he's not going to be running five minutes something miles. Bearing in mind, there's a horrible hill that you have to go up. It's about 600 meters at about seven or 8% gradient. Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah, managed to get it, but I felt nailed. Like people were kicking off, weren't they? Because they they said I wasn't smart and I looked really, really angry when I crossed the line.
0: Yeah, you look like do uh, you know the, the the movie the Punisher. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> but yeah, I can I can understand that. Yeah, that, that 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 it was uh, that you had a dig very deep.
1: Yeah, so uh, that, that was uh, really the, tough.
0: The bongo Ben, uh, he, I he thought himself. I, I thought he was catching up. He was really looking strong, but then at some point he just uh, blew his doors a little bit.
1: And I think it's horrible when you're actually leading it because you don't get the splits. It's so much nicer when you're coming from behind. But it's a bit people.
0: unprofessional, isn't it? That you don't have any splits, do you think? Is it just, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Like, I think Ironman should, should be. be providing, I don't know, maybe it's part of the game. I asked
1: the people on the motorbikes, what's the gap? And I said, I don't know, we don't get that information i said okay i said can you find out like you got radio just like or oh, let us someone look at your phone yeah. i'm thinking like yeah, just let us know but yeah didn't get any splits so i had no idea what the hell was going on so that's that makes it harder because you're like am i getting caught or yeah, not? you're getting and a bit start, uh
0: um uh,
1: how do you call it like
0: um that someone's on your uh, it's coming up
1: like you're an animal in this in africa yeah, getting hunted a you know, by a lion. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like if i was uh, anxious feeling if i Yeah, and like when you start to slow and you're in front, but you're not getting any splits, you're thinking, oh, God, I'm running like shit now. I bet they're running better behind. But if you were behind and you start slowing, but then the time gap still stays the same or even comes down a little bit, you're like, oh, right, I've actually slowed down a bit and feeling it, but he's slowed down even more than me. So if I put a surge in now, the gap's going to come down loads because he must be feeling it because he wouldn't have slowed down. Whereas you're not getting any of that when you're in the front. So you literally feel like, I bet that person's running strong. Yeah. Hard, Worst case, hard.
0: you could have like pushed yourself so far that you ended up in the cramps. Whilst it yeah, was wasn't even to, maybe needed.
1: What, that was what happened to Big Mets. To the Big Metzler. Last year. Like he was leading it, five minute lead, and then blue with like nineteen miles. You'll have to you'll be taking him on, won't you, in uh, Canada?
0: It's finally going to be the battle of the YouTubers. Um, I am brave enough to take him on on his own terrain. You know, I'm I'm going out of the comfort zone. 34 degrees, non wetsuit swim. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. I mess. bet he doesn't show up to the beer mile the day after. But
0: what I found shocking though was seeing you on the podium with the athletic Bruin.
1: Well, what can you do? You've got no choice, though, mate. Like you've got no choice. Like I thought you
0: knew, and you would have had your dad with champagne.
1: He would have if I'd have said, I actually forgot that they give you that, but like my dad said that it before it won the races, and my mum was like, You can't do that, Ray. You can't give him that. Like it's not fair on the sponsor of the event. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did see, you know, um Ben Hoffman was absolutely loving it along the course, you know, Athletic Bruin here, and there, and he's sponsored by Athletic Brewing. And then you came across the finish line, and did you um also, ask for a Coke because I saw you sitting down with a Coca Cola. And Did you think, like, oh, I can't be seen with one of them?
1: What a Coke, yeah, yeah. They said, Do you want a beer, uh, an, an athletic brew? And I said, No, I'll have a Coke. Um, but I, I, I said, The athletic brewing people said to me <laughs> after the race, they said, I said to them about the beer mall and they said, Oh, we sponsor a beer mall. Um, and I said, Yeah, but it's non alcoholic. I said, Like, you need to have one with alcohol in, you know, like, can you not just call one a fat boy or something, like, you know, and have an alcoholic one? And then uh, we'll, we'll be talking. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm thinking, you can't have a beer mal sponsored by Athletic Brewing and have zero alcohol, can you? I mean, that would be no. the most triathlete thing ever. That's, you know, the memes that you see where you say, How do I say that I'm a triathlete without saying that I'm a triathlete? And you've got 100%, to the 100% by athletic that,
0: that all of a sudden makes <laughs> me think about another thing: Super Sapiens. Remember when every pro athlete, obviously, because they had a financial interest, interest in the form of a sponsorship, was like, Super Sapiens is absolutely awesome. I use it 16 times a day, even when I'm jerking it off. I'm gonna have a little look if I've got enough glucose. And now, no one. <laughs> I can't see anyone with a flopping, flipping glucose monitor posting it up or my glucose is this and that because it's bullshit, you know? Uh, well, maybe maybe you have got something with it, but it's mega expensive. It is not convenient. I don't think it's super handy. I don't
1: know. I we called seen... this out from the start. We called this out it, from the start. And it shows that people were doing it for the money, don't it? Because now they're not sponsored. Where's the super sapiens? And what did you say? Your example was when yep. people stop getting sponsored by a power meter, you still see a power meter on their bike. Exactly.
0: Because they know it's very, it's super, super handy. And I don't think this 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 tool is so handy that you're like, all right, I don't get sponsored anymore. But the data was so useful for my training and recovery. I did get a better athlete that I am still going to use the Liber sensor by Abbott, um, which is basically a massive milking company. Um, i don't know i find it out did you see anything anything
1: i've not seen any of it i've not seen anything on it and i to be honest i don't think i would ever ever use a super sapiens in my life like i can't imagine a situation where i'd ever use that you know um like I, we knew we knew from the start didn't we didn't pull the wool over our eyes did they tom you know we nope. won't fall in for that no
0: maybe they would have if they would have come up on our doorstep with a massive paycheck but uh, uh they did not but the thing is <laughs> so we, how, much need, yeah. <laughs> how much of a paycheck would you need
1: though yeah how much of a paycheck would you need because you've sold yourself then haven't you you've, you you know you you've you've gone against your your uh, like principles. your will haven't you and your morals yeah and your principles yeah you know, but to, to be honest there're not
0: a lot of athletes with with morals mate i mean uh, um it's it's hard to make a living as a as a pro so uh, if, if you have a company that's like, oh, we'll give you ten grand. If you're like, I massively love this Super Sapiens, then uh, you'd probably do it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it shows you that, that after uh, the sponsorship is over and no one uses it anymore, that the product isn't convenient, you know, no one uses it. I mean, everyone uses aero cost sleeves. Everyone uses these new tri suit instead of like uh, uh, sh- uh, sleeveless shirts. Um, everyone uses parameters. Because, yeah, it works. Everyone uses nutrition, even though not getting sponsored anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah, you've summed it up, mate, there. I guess that was our bullshit buster, was it?
0: That was our bullshit buster. (laughs) The bullshit buster
1: explained. The bullshit
0: buster explained, exactly, explained. Sometimes you need a little bit time to say, in hindsight, we were right after all.
1: We, we're we doing it for the people. We're doing it for you guys.
0: Yeah, well, they're uh, we're actually the uh, we're out here, the podcast with 15 ads and, and uh, this and that. We're here to make you a better athlete mentally. We're here to make you to connect you with your friends again. You know, not not only solely focus on heart rate and FTP. And we're here to save you some money.
1: Yeah, no, totally. And then have we got an Instagram post of the week as well to uh, to, fin- to finish on.
0: We did have an Instagram post of the week. Joe, can you describe what's going on?
1: Was it the one that you sent to me?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I This did is it. a guy
1: that suffered from nutritional issues, similar to me in the BMR. But we just had gut, gut issues. Oh, definitely gut issues. And he's in a marathon. He's in the K-hole because he's not stopping. So I can only assume that if you weren't in the K-hole, you would definitely stop and sort yourself out if this happened to you. And he's got... All the way down his legs, isn't he? Like, yeah, literally. it's not like a
0: little bit, but this sounds like a serious, serious gut problem. So, looking off, um, looking at the picture, um, he he looks a bit. His face is a bit like, oh, what's going on? It's either because he's absolutely like it's absolutely
1: repulsive. Pace. I've just looked at it again after you sent after we're talking right now, just a refresh, and I just. There's no way i would carry on running if that happened to me like, there's I massive
0: have diarrhea going all the way over his knees and he's keeping on his free 20k pace whilst his face is on like oh my god i'm gonna be the instagram post a week of travel and mockery but i don't care because my personal record is more important to me
1: and apparently he wasn't running free 20k pace he ran a 259 marathon he was just going for sub three how do you know no, i, don't. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah. I yeah. don't know what he was going for we'll find out we'll try and find out we'll post it up on the uh, instagram if anyone knows this guy let us know we need to get him on the show to have a chat to him about yeah. uh his nutritional his, his got issues
0: yeah his, his nutrition <laughs> got plan. Issues. maybe he took up like 240 grams of carbs an hour
1: it must have been, he must have been a, tr- a game changer. He, mu- he must have, uh, yeah, tried experiments, some serious stuff. Maybe he had jalapenos on a pizza. I've been there and experienced what jalapenos can do to you. It is not pretty. By the way, some,
0: uh, before we uh, before we head off, um, I remember when you did the 50k uh, off the lowest stuff, off, off to your parents, right? And you were saying, yeah. this is actually pretty easy. I want to do the, uh, uh, I want to maybe break the record on 100k or 80k. Did you yeah. know that the 100k running world record has been broken last weekend?
1: Again? Yeah, free when,
0: when, 39k pace.
1: Who was, who well that wasn't last weekend though, that was a little while ago, wasn't it? That was about a month ago, six weeks ago.
0: Uh, oh, I thought this was, was Alex, last weekend.
1: Alexander Sorokin or something like that is his name?
0: Mm, I just, I don't know, I just wrote it down because I saw it coming, uh past that's been broken again.
1: well, yeah. yeah, I definitely want to give it a crack at some point, yeah. But it's just so hard to fit it in, isn't it because you need, you want to be uh give it your best, but i'd love to give it a go he i saw do the you, loop, the guy
0: do you really reckon you could do hundred eighty k a hundred k at free thirty nine k pace
1: uh i don't know we'll i'd give the eighty k one go first, but the uh fifty k was like three thirty two in non carb like proper shoes, you know, like the shoes that you've got now, which are like a good thirty two for uh, okay. on an undulating circuit, so where k. he the circuit what he did it on for a hundred k was a one k flat loop with like fat people cheering you on every loop, and pacemakers. I did it with flipping techno in the rain in December. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean it it he harder. might do he might do three thirty nines, but can he do it on a rainy night in Norwich? Like, you know, like yeah. what does he do in, in December in a, a with techno? Winter? Yeah. <laughs> what does he do on a wet night a wet day in December for hundred K, you know?
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I would like to see you get on. All right. Thanks everyone. That's it for this what, week. What would be good?
1: Uh, me would... and him, head me and him, head to head, hundred K with people cheering and pacemakers could you imagine
0: and with every 15k one of the juice bombs
1: oh my god like oh that would be finished after 30k <laughs> 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 i nearly had to dnf mate i you know i finished last place in that bm i'll literally last
0: wow like, how many people did
1: compete not as many we had a lot of people watching at this last one uh, the most people, probably a good 30 or 40 people spectating, but only about 10 people compete.
0: Why didn't they, why did all the other people uh, watch and not compete? What? The
1: thing is, a lot of people are worried because their legs feel bad after an Ironman. And I can tell you, my legs feel horrific. Everyone's feel horrific. But that's almost like part of the fun of it is just doing it with terrible legs, you know, and just giving it a crack. You know, it's not a serious sporting event. We're just doing it for a bit of a laugh, really, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that's the thing. Like everyone's legs feel bad the day after an Ironman but yeah. it's just a bit of a laugh so don't worry about it if your legs feel terrible
0: yeah yeah well spoken all right mate um i'll see you back next week
1: see you later see you later mate bye all right see you bye